The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. So good to have you with us for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Pastor P., how you doing today? Blessings, blessings. I'm on top of the world, my friend. You always are. Listen, I'm the head and not the tail, and I'm <laughs> blessed going in and coming out. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, it's so good to be with you each week here. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in, and thanks for your comments and, and suggestions for the program. Absolutely. We welcome uh, comments and feedback. Please let us know how the program is affecting you and what you're thinking about it. And that reminds me that we've recently received a comment from someone who uh, uh, listens to the show and basically asked us to uh, be mindful of uh, interviewing other long-term survivors and uh, making sure that we grab and, and get those testimonials so people can hear of individuals who have had long-term effects after being uh, a cancer patient and uh, being a survivor. And that really is uh, part and partial of the conversation that we'll have today. Yeah, we've done that in the past, and we're going to continue doing that because we know that works, and it's good to hear that feedback. Though. Absolutely. So we try to get a nice mixture, as you know, Wayne, of people who are currently treating, people who have uh, finished their treatment. So again, with that being said, we will certainly bear that in mind. We are going to meet a guest in a few minutes here on the program that um, she's giving back, and I, I like that. I like that a lot. We'll we'll meet Mary here coming up in just a few moments. But before we go there, let me mention that you have put together a document, a resource called Seven Things You Should Know About Cancer, that I was just scrolling through this, and it's so very helpful, Percy. Thank you for doing this, because knowledge is power in many ways. It is, absolutely. The Word of God says that my people are actually destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Knowledge. And so my addendum to that scripture, I know you're not supposed to add or take away anything from the scriptures, but my little you quick can comment, though. Yeah, my commentary on that is, but not this group of people. We're not going to be destroyed because of lack of knowledge. And part and partial of what we're doing with the show is providing good information that will equip and empower people. So this document is designed to do that around some very important topics and subjects. Number one on that list is that cancer affects all types of people. We're going to meet a person in a moment, uh, another a type of person who, you know, contracted cancer and has a story to tell. And everybody has a story to tell. And we need to listen and learn from those stories. We absolutely do. The first thing that I learned with working with this community is that every cancer patient has a unique and I think needed story to tell. The question is, do they have an audience to listen? And so we are providing that audience. Yeah, I mentioned this resource. It is available free as a download. Just simply go to healthhopeandinspiration.com and look for this week's feature resource, Seven Things You Should Know About Cancer, healthhopeandinspiration.com. And while you're there, just kind of slide over a little bit and click the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode here of our weekly podcast. Yes, sir. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, they take an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America. 
or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. Again, that's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And learn more from the scriptures as well, which is what we uh, like to open here each program with. And you've got your uh, your fancy dancy little uh, iPhone or, or Android phone. What is it? Android? That's an iPhone. iPhone. Yep. All right. Your iPhone is open to the scriptures. Absolutely. And we know that we live by the word of God and we feed off of that. And so our spiritual nugget and morsel for today is Romans, the eighth chapter. Very familiar passage of scripture, but it does really frame today's conversation very well. And that is Romans eight twenty eight that says, and we know not that and we guess and not that we assume and we know that some things, a few things every once in a while know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to to his purpose. Yeah, we'll see how that fits into the program now as we meet our guest today. Recently, you traveled to Philadelphia and sat down with a number of people, including the lady we're going to meet right now. Here's Percy. With me today is Mary Fanning, who works at Cancer Treatment Centers of America uh, at Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and also is a former breast cancer patient. And so we're really excited. We've talked to quite a few people on Health, Hope, and Inspiration who are both caregivers or um, patients and also employees at a healthcare organization. So welcome to the show today, Mary. How you doing? Thank you very much. I'm doing great. Thank well, you. Good. I'm glad that you could take time out of your busy schedule. You work for a department called Guest Services. Yes. What does Guest Services mean and what does Guest Services do at Cancer Treatment Centers of America? Okay. I think a lot of people have that question. Um, guest Services, are um, our team is it responsible for the concierge desk so um, when people come to the center they usually come on a shuttle we help them find where they're going print their schedules uh, just make them feel comfortable uh, answer a million questions all day uh, we're kind of a jack of all trades another role that i have is called new patient liaison which mm. is also in the guest services department where when people come for their evaluation um, most people come for a one two or three day evaluation mm -hmm and they have a schedule so i just go over the schedule with everyone try to give them a little tour of the hospital just try to make everyone feel comfortable um i think it helps that i am a cancer survivor because i know exactly how you know how frightening it is to be mm. diagnosed with cancer to come from uh the the patients that come here a lot of times are really far away yeah. we've had patients as far as bermuda alaska uh virgin islands mm -hmm. uh, West Virginia, New York. So, you know, everyone's kind of tired and uh, jet lagged and scared sure. and not sure what to expect. So um, try to make everyone feel, you know, at home and comfortable and just, you know, hold their hand, pray with them if they want to pray, okay. things like that. So it's very rewarding to me to be able to help people uh, feel better when I know I was so scared when I was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, and we're, and uh, we're going to talk about that in just yeah. a minute. So in effect, then, if I can really just shorten that, you're, you're basically 
on the front line. You're like the one of the front line of um, defense individuals that people come in contact yes. with when they come into the I'm front door. I'm usually the first person they meet. Yes. And and obviously, as any of us know, who go who have gone into a foreign environment, and certainly under the circumstances of being a patient with cancer. Uh, that first impression and that first point of contact is crucial. So uh, uh, you are a critical and you play a critical role with kind of introducing people into the ecosystem of the environment of yes. the hospital. Uh, you've mentioned on a couple of occasions, and of course I also referenced it in, in, our, in the introduction, that you are also a former cancer patient. Let's yes. talk about that a little bit. How long ago was that? And uh, breast cancer, yes. where were you when you were told? What were you feeling? Let's talk about your journey okay. a little bit. Um, well, um, I always thought I would get breast cancer because my mother had breast cancer. Really? And we suspect my grandmother also had breast cancer, but in those days, um, MRIs and things like that never really could detect things like that. Mm -hmm. But when I was diagnosed, I was 50 years old. And my mother, when she was diagnosed, was 57. Hmm. So I kept thinking... I wouldn't get diagnosed till 57 because okay. my mother got diagnosed. So it was a shock to me when um, I found a lump, but I kept putting it aside and thinking, oh, it's really nothing. And I waited maybe a month or so and went for the mammogram, then was told that, you know, that it was something they wanted to look at further, um, then needed a biopsy, mm -hmm. and then um, was told that it was cancer. So um, it was very upsetting. I had my youngest daughter was 12 at the time. Mm. I was very upset thinking, oh, what if, you know, I'm not around for my children. Sure. I have three children. So it was very scary in that sense um, that I was going to leave my children not to have a mother and what would my husband do and, you know, things like that. Right. It was very, it was terrifying, actually. So backtracking a bit, you knew and that there was a history of cancer in your, yes. in your family. Mm -hmm. As you stated, your mom had cancer and, and uh, the outcome there. And 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 it's, I thought it was interesting that you said that you actually expected to get cancer yeah. because of that, and yet when you did actually have cancer confirmed, you were still shocked. Yes. <laughs> so it's kind of paradoxical yes. in that regard. Yes. But is it safe to say? And I, and the point that I want to make here is: is it safe to say that having at least that insight of the history and in some cases expectation? it did help to kind of soften the blow a little bit when yes. you were actually told that you had cancer. Yes, because I kept, uh, my mother, um, when she was diagnosed, it was much more advanced yeah. than my, I was very fortunate that mine was in the early stage. So, and my mother, um, when she was diagnosed, was told she only had a few months to live, um, but she did live 10 more years. And this was, you know, 25 years ago. Wow, So God. I kept thinking, um, you know, my mother had so much harder of a burden of being told she didn't have much time to live yeah. and she kept being strong and my mother always said whenever we were upset to say sacred heart of jesus i place my trust in thee so i said that about 200 times okay. a day okay. a million times a day <clears throat> and just kept praying 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 you know that yep. dear god please let me uh, live to see her be 20 years old so with that and what we're going to talk about your your spirituality and how how it, it was a, a powerful part of uh, helping you yes. work through your process just you know not going into any great detail what type of uh, 
clinical care did you receive? Chemotherapy, well, radiation? Well, I had, um, yeah, I had a mastectomy. Okay. And I had um, chemotherapy. Okay. Yeah. So you, you basically did two of the biggies there, and, and you worked through that. I would imagine that there were some low days. Oh, very, And some yeah. tough days. Yes. Because one of the things that we're very candid about on Health, Hope, and Inspiration is Every day you're not standing on the mountaintop, you know, with your cape flowing in the wind saying, yeah. I'm Supergirl. <laughs> you know, there there are peaks and valleys with this process. Uh, it's not um, a quick process. It's, no. it's, it has, you know, in many cases this is a, a marathon and not a sprint. And so you went through, I would imagine, all of those different highs and lows. Yes. Uh, you had good support of family and friends. Yes, I was very lucky. I had a wonderful husband. My children. Yay, Yay. wonderful husbands. Yay. <laughs> my sisters and a brother and, you know, many friends, a very close family. Mm. So I was really lucky. So you yes. had a good support system yes. that empowered you and, and, and stood by you. Yes. You're, you're down the path of treatment. You're working through your challenges. Difficult days, tough days. You've referenced it a couple of times. So let's talk about your spirituality. Let's talk about how, how did your faith work for you and again this is not about what should work for other people this is about what worked for you and how you utilized your faith how did you utilize your faith what were some of the things that you did and how did you benefit from that okay um well i just i was always praying i was always you know please god help me be strong help me not show how upset i am in front of my children mm. i didn't want to worry them mm. you know just kept praying and um trying to keep positive what would you say was your most difficult or biggest struggle while treating for cancer i would just say the fear that i would die and not be around for my children okay that was the biggest fear um all the other things losing my hair and tired and everything um that that was okay i mean as i i thought you know that i expected that i kept thinking if little children have cancer and can survive they must be so scared i'll offer it up you know, I offered up God for them mm -hmm. that I could go through this. And I would say thank you to God that it wasn't my children that were sick and that sure. it was okay. me, not okay. them, not my husband. Because I think it would be a horrible caregiver in that I would be so upset I wouldn't be able to help them. I would be making it all about me and yeah. how worried I was. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that. And, and I've had countless conversations and interviews with caregivers and shows about caregiving and i don't think that many people understand or think or consciously process the fact that many caregivers are actually struggling more than the actual oh, patient I, I think that's so true i think that it's much harder to be a caregiver because when i was a caregiver for my mom um you know i thought that was so hard and I just think it would be so much harder to be watching someone be sick than yeah. to actually be the person sick. Well, and, and, and again, it's true. There's been uh, many testimonies that we've had on the show of individuals that basically stated that. So you're, you're absolutely right. You, you're, you're working through your process. You have good support. You eventually find really good clinical care in an environment that, that you trusted and believed in. And here you are now, theoretically, on the other side of that. You're working in a healthcare environment, in a cancer care yeah. environment, not a, just a healthcare environment, yeah. but a cancer environment. What are some of the aha moments that you've learned as being a cancer patient that you now share with cancer patients when you have the opportunity? How do you translate your experience into your work 
to be beneficial for those that you serve now? Well, um, I really feel like when I first started working here that I was still in a um, post-traumatic stress mode where, (laughs) you know, it just still seemed surreal that I had actually gone through everything. And, 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 you know, to tell someone that it's okay that when you're finished your treatment that you might really be more upset when you're finished everything mm-hmm. than you actually were going through mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that is was a big surprise to me that I was going to feel so upset when all my chemo was finished, when all my uh, surgeries were finished, you know. And I think that that's something that I help patients deal with also. There's the guilt mm-hmm. of also that you're you're in remission because right. you've become so close to all these other people mm. that you're treating with that maybe aren't doing so well. Right. So you have a lot of there's survivor's a lot, guilt is what yes. They call it. So you have a lot of that, and then also every little ache and pain. You know, you start thinking, yeah, "Oh my gosh, my cancer's back!" Yeah, oh my gosh, my cancer's back. That, yeah. So that's scary too. That was something I had to again put my trust in God that. You could walk out the door, any of us, any minute, mm-hmm. and not know what your destiny is going to be, or anybody that you meet that never was diagnosed with cancer, at any minute you could find out they have cancer. So you can't live your life thinking, my cancer's coming back. Right. Just like you can't live your life thinking, I'm going to get cancer. Right. So, right. you know, you just have to have faith, and um, it's hard sometimes because you just are so worried, but if you just try to tell yourself live one day at a time mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. do the best you can you know with God's help you'll get through everything so do you think that the cancer patients that you serve in your role and capacity now working in a cancer organization environment that people are benefited by the fact that you once upon a time was a cancer oh, patient yeah. yourself I really and do. how so I really do because um, I know for myself I met someone when I was um, getting one of my PET scans and it was a nurse and she said I don't share this with everyone but I'm an eight-year survivor of breast cancer and she said you're going to be fine Hmm. and she patted my hand yeah that helped me so much okay and I thought when I went home well why doesn't she share that with everyone Mm. you know I don't know if she wanted didn't want to discuss her personal right 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 but I I can tell when I tell the patients that I'm a survivor, I know you're, you're scared, I know exactly how you feel. They they just, you know, feel at ease because they understand that I understand how they feel and and um, there's someone they could talk to about their fears mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it really does help a lot, just like it helped me when that, that uh, nurse confided in me. So in a way, do you feel, because I've heard this statement uttered, by physicians, nurses, and other clinicians that in a sort of a way that their their employment in a cancer environment is like a ministry for them. That I've oh, actually yeah. had, I've had individuals say, I see my job now like a ministry oh, yeah, because absolutely. I get to actually support and help people, particularly those who have experienced a cancer journey. Can you associate with that? And oh, do yes. you feel that I way? I feel like, you know, this is a dream dr- job in that I always loved helping people, um, even before my cancer mm-hmm. and, you know, um, reaching out to people that needed needed help. But now I just, you know, I feel like this is uh, a calling, God, you know, God's work. And uh, I feel very proud of my job here and the, the way that I help people. Um, 
I really do feel like I help people okay. and it makes you feel good. It makes you feel very good that you're helping others oh, and good. that they appreciate it. Yes. A lot of times patients will, you know, be so thankful and I feel bad because I think I, I really, you know, you don't have to thank me. It's just yeah. you would do the same thing, pay it forward to right. the next person, right. you know. So we have um, a lot of programs here. We have the women's support group that I'm a member of that, again, I get to meet with people Good. and help them. We have cancer fighter program that I'm a part of. Okay. So I join all those uh, Advocacy groups, groups also, also and you know, try to help people that way as well. So with the closing 30 seconds that we have, uh, what's the one thing that you'd like to say to someone listening right now who is either supporting a cancer patient or is themselves or are themselves a cancer patient? I would just like to say don't ever give up and it, it's okay to be afraid. It is it is scary and with your friends and your family and uh, even a stranger can just make you feel so much better and, and never give up trusting God and keep on praying. This is Mary Fanning who is a former breast cancer patient and now works at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, a cancer survivor and thriver and now supporter of cancer patients. Yeah. We love you, we thank you, thank and you. continue the good work that you are involved thank in. Thank you so much. All thank right. you for having me on the show. Have a great day. <laughs> All right, thank you. And we're gonna talk about the lessons learned in that conversation here in just a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at health, hope, and inspiration.com. Reverend Percy McCray is our host here on the program, and Pastor P, thank you for introducing us to Mary today. Mary is another, you know, we say this about all of the people that we interview, but they really are wonderful. They're unique. Oh, they're so authentic, and, and they teach us so much. I, and I think the key word there is the authenticity of their story and their background. And that's the point, Wayne, when we say, and you and I say it all the time, that every cancer patient has a story to yes, tell. Yes, yes. So capturing that narrative and framing it in a way is just important, and it just, it just helps to change who you are and encourage you to hear them and hopefully it's encouraging people out here well even before i heard that she was a breast cancer survivor she had me the fact that she was giving back she's a concierge and a and a, a patient liaison right there the first person someone meets when they walk in the front door of the hospital uh, she had me there because that's a very important thing to do well and if, and for anybody who's ever been i think in any healthcare environment uh, there is a stigma and a, and, a, and a reputation of going into a kind of a cold, sterile environment. Right. And you're already full of fear and you, anxiety. You're already very anxious by walking inside of a healthcare environment. And what I can certainly say with confidence and, and not be hyperbolic about it is that the environment, the, the welcoming environment at, at any Cancer Treatment Center of America facility, when you walk through the front door, you are being greeted. There are people that are waving, reaching out to you. Can I give you 
directions. May I help you with a smile? There's just an inviting, friendly atmosphere, and that's part of her role. She's the first line of defense, if you will, of of meeting and greeting people, and and it's the first point of contact that people have when they walk inside of the environment of our organization. And so she feels very much and compelled in the fact that that's part of her calling and her and now her 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 life's work that she's engaged yeah. in. I, I remind everyone that at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. But she said, when it's okay with them, she'll even pray with them. Absolutely, and as is the case with fundamentally anyone that works in this environment, because again, CTCA uh, understands and respects the value of spirituality and faith to those individuals who desire it and welcome it. And so, again, all of the uh, stakeholders or the individuals who work in the environment uh, have the ability to reach out and support people spiritually under those conditions when that patient or caregiver uh, desires to have such support. What did you make of it when she made a comment to the effect that she was almost sorry when the treatment was over in her case? You know, she made a very interesting point, and we've never really talked about or covered on this show is the fact that there are a lot of patients who uh, from time to time, particularly when they're done with their treatment, have to deal with kind of um, uh, post-emotional feelings about finishing their treatment. And two of them that come into play, and she spoke about both of them specifically, was survivor's guilt. Okay, I've, I've gone through this rigorous process. I've gone through being diagnosed. I've gone through the highs and lows of treatment, and I've survived that. And then thinking about others who possibly may not have survived, people that you've become very close to who are not doing as well as you are, that there can be the possibility of having survivor's guilt. So she talked about, in some cases, working through uh, being upset when you finish because you're thinking about others who may not have finished or who not who are not finishing as well as you. And then the uh, secondary dynamic of that, which I think is very much a reality for many cancer patients, is the fear of recurrence. Oh, yes. So you're you're finished, you're done, and then but you're, you're kind of on edge with having in the back of your mind, you know, what if my cancer should return and come back? So that that always kind of lingers anytime that you have to have a test, anytime that you have to have a, a, a reassessment, anytime that you feel a little lump or a bump or you feel odd, you go back to that point of, uh-oh, has my cancer returned? So those are two post-emotional and mental places that some cancer survivors have to work through uh, and deal with. Yeah, she was very open about the fact that with a with a young daughter, when when uh, Mary was diagnosed with cancer, she was concerned that she may not be there to see her young daughter grow up. And I think a lot of parents uh, feel that way with children that, you know, they, they turn their attention toward their, their children. You know, will I be there for them? I've heard a lot of uh, patients say, I, I, I want to be there when they graduate. I want to be when, there when they get married. You know, I've heard a lot of male patients say, listen, man, I want to walk my daughter down the aisle when mm-hmm. she gets married. That's a mm-hmm. big deal to me. Mm-hmm. So again, they start thinking about the residual potential impact of family and friends. And it's one of, if I can shift gears, it'll take us off the subject just a little bit. Okay. It's another way for people who are uh, supporting cancer patients to provide a possibility of hope that will encourage them to keep moving forward. Remind them of events and 
occasions that they still have yet to experience that, you know, that's still out there. There's something to work toward. It gives them a goal to shoot for, uh, a date, an anniversary, an occasion, so that then you, you kind of keep them engaged and give them a reason to continue to fight back. That's such an I hadn't thought of that before. That's very, very good. Yeah. Okay, there's something else which is uh, very important to us. It's called the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network, and I'm going to change gears and talk about this for just a moment. Mm-hmm. It's there to help equip and empower every church in the country to better meet this great need of cancer care. So if you are a pastor or a leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. And joining the network is absolutely free, but when you sign up, you'll receive access to exclusive online leaders resources, information about ministry training opportunities, and our monthly informative email newsletter. I have a feeling you probably have a hand in putting that together. Ah, you told my secret. I'm working on a few things. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and sign up for the Ministry Leaders Network. What a great thing to do. It's fantastic. And again, we're building a community. Uh, We've reached out and we're continually hearing back from individuals from across the world, literally. And that is not an exaggeration of pastors and spiritual leaders who are saying, please, can you provide us with some resources, some insights, some tidbits of information that will allow us to support our community and our constituency uh, with information that will be relevant about cancer support from a faith-based perspective. And then just one more thing before I ask you to reread those scripture verses for us in a moment here. Our free resource, Seven Things You Should Know About Cancer, is available for download. Please take advantage of this and spread the word that it's available and maybe even email it, as Percy said earlier, on to someone else. Seven Things You Should Know About Cancer. It's available online as a free download at healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right, let's, uh, I wish we didn't have to go so soon, but let's wrap this up with uh, that scripture passage. Listen, the time flies by when you're having fun, my friend. That's right. But we're going to close strong with our uh, foundational scripture for today, Romans the 8th chapter, Romans 8.28. We all know the scripture, but again, hearing it in the context of today's uh, interview basically says, and we know, not that we think, guess, or, or, or just juxtapose, we know And we know that not some things, a few things, every once in a while, only on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but all things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. Be reminded today, good, bad, or indifferent, God can make all things work together for your good because you are the called according to the purpose that he has in your life. Thanks to our special guest today, and thanks to you, Pastor Percy McRae. Listen, we got work to do, so what? All right, we're going to go chop some wood together, right? Keep chopping the wood. God bless. Thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. 
while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.